Yo, 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 what's up, guys? You're now tuned in to the Millennium Movement, starring your host, Ricky Wynn. Today, we have a special guest on the show, sneaker enthusiast, owner of Soul Station, Figs, man. How you doing? Good. How are you, bro? Good, good. Thank you for being here, brother. To open up the show, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, my name's Anthony. I own a sneaker store called Soul Station. It's here in Charlotte, North Carolina, right across the street from UNCC. We sell new and pre-owned sneakers, anything from, you know, $50 J's to, you know, thousands of dollars worth of Yeezys, Human Races, Off-White, you name it. Um, if there's anything ever specific you need, feel free to holler at us at Instagram, SoulStation704. Yeah. So before like so so you say you sell sneakers from like fifty to to like thousand dollar J. So how do you get from like the the you know the the um the products coming into the store a lot of times well, to range from that price? Basically, what we aim to do is cater to everybody. So mm-hmm. cater to the people that can't afford you know the super expensive stuff, and then cater to the people that only want expensive stuff. Yeah. So really, just whatever comes in for the day, we just we make cash offers, we do trades. I mean, we get our we get our product in numerous different ways, whether it be traveling to sneaker shows or you know just walk-ins in the store okay okay so before the whole you know having your own store and everything what were you doing before selling sneakers well actually i've sold sneakers like my whole life i mean okay really especially when i got a car i mean my first car i traded for sneakers really yeah so i mean i used to drive around craigslist facebook marketplace just posting my shoes finding shoes for the best deal i'd sit in my car clean them up repost them on craigslist and just drive another 30 minutes make a deal (laughs) I pretty much did a store just in my trunk. So what was the so going back? What was your first pair of sneakers that you sold? First pair of sneakers I sold for mm-hmm. profit. Oh, I don't even know if I could tell you that, man. Mm. Remember the first shoe I ever stood in line for was the Concord Elevens back in 2010 or 11. 11 yeah. And it was a riot. And I mean, we were the first like five people in line and. The only reason we got in is because the security guard was like, yo, we saw you guys waiting here so long. Like, come through the south door. <laughs> yeah. It was really the only way we even got them. And I resold them. I remember I got, like, 600 bucks the day they dropped. It was insane. Damn. And I used that money to just buy used stuff and flip that. So. And flip that down. See, I, when I, I, think that the, I think the year before, the year after the Bread 11s came out, after after right so yeah i was supposed to get them my cousin said yeah uh i know the lady that worked in foot action she said i told her that i was gonna give her free pedicure and she's gonna hook us up with the bread she said do you want a pair i said nah i'm gonna pass and at that time i didn't know what you know the jordans were so i was like man i could get a free pair of jordans but i didn't know at the time i was like shit like i passed up an opportunity on that (laughs) yeah so like what like what age did you open up the uh, soul station at well, my first store I actually opened when I first got out of high school, which was called Halftime, and that mm-hmm. was with two other partners. Um, about a year down the road, we were not seeing eye to eye on things. We split up. I opened our first Soul Station location here uh, 2015 at the end of May. Mm-hmm. So I was, I think I was like 19 years old, maybe 20. Okay. And then uh, about a year and a half later, we opened another one about 20, 30 minutes away in Indian Trail, which we actually closed down due to landlord reasons. Um, but, I mean, we got more in store. So Halftime is the Halftime in Charlotte, right? Halftime is a Charlotte sneaker store. However, I believe they're out of business at the moment. Oh, really? Um, but, yeah, I was basically just under that name when we had first started. Okay, and okay. I broke off and did my own thing. Okay, so, so when you broke off and did your own thing, how did you come up with the name Soul Station? To be honest, my mom came up with it. Really? I wanted the name. Originally, Soul Station was supposed to be called Soul Crate. My mom didn't like the crate part. Our theme, like, with the uh, with the logo we had created, just kind of went with, like, subway station, yeah. you know, uh, signage. 
So we just kind of went with Soul Station. It just worked. It clicked. We kept it. So your mom actually created a name for uh, for your business. Yeah, my mom is responsible for the name. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So how long have you been operating business for now? Well, at this location, we've been here. We just renewed our lease for another three years. Okay. We've been here three years and like a month. Three years and a month. Mm-hmm. So how's business going so far here I'm in this sure. location? I would never move. Really? Yeah. You love like do you love the Charlotte area or would you ever want to expand oh, like your business? I'll absolutely expand. Actually here shortly we'll be expanding. Mm-hmm. Um so stay tuned for that information. Okay. Um but as far as like moving this store, I would never move it. This store will stay here until the building has to get torn down. So uh, <laughs> So are you born in the Charlotte area? Born uh, in I was born in Freeport, Long Island. Um I moved out of New York when I was thirteen, moved to Florida. That's when I like fell in love with shoes is mm-hmm. when I moved lived in florida until i was like 15 or 16 something like that and then moved here so what made you decide to open a sneaker store in charlotte instead of anywhere like you know florida atlanta it's where i lived it's where i like built a foundation as far as like you know contacts networking with people that are into Mm -hmm. sneakers like pretty much like won't say controlling the sneaker culture here in charlotte but i definitely know i made a big influence with it because i would basically help out everybody when it came to price checks legit checks Good deals, whatever. Yeah. I mean, so I just—it's just where I felt comfortable. And, and then I kind of feel embarrassing about this because, like, I went—you know—I used to go to a sneaker con with JP, and at the time I had my own table, so I always had to come over because I think you had a table behind me, yeah. so I used to have to come over and get legit checks on the sneakers and everything. Yeah, but that's like that's something you need to do, man. Yeah, you so don't some... want to get screwed with something. No, you no. A lot of money yeah, so that, like definitely, I learned a lot from you. But I actually met you through sneaker con, actually through my mentor JP, who actually yeah. owns a sneaker store. JP's so yeah, man, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how did you and um JP meet meet each other? JP and I met at SOE, which is oh, okay. our local sneaker show. Yeah, uh, sneakers over everything. I think I probably met JP when I was like just getting into it, man. Probably okay, like 15, 16 years old. Met him. He was always nice. Always helped out when he could. Um, always threw me good deals when I needed them. Yeah, dude, JP's the man. Check yeah. him out, Cosmic Soul. Yeah, actually, SOE was actually my first sneaker event that I, I ever went to with yeah, JP. same here. First sneaker real. event for me ever. Yeah. That's and what, like, started me on everything. But it's gotten so much smaller since, like, back, back yeah. how I used to be. It's got, a like, a slightly different turnout than it was years mm-hmm. ago. But then again, in our area, not as many people are into sneakers the way, you know, everybody was. So, yeah, going back to SOE, like, how, how have you seen, like, the increase, increase change from, like, before it is now like it's de- decreasing a lot well, more. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't really call it a decline in mm-hmm. turnout. I would really just call it a different turnout because every time I go there, I see different people. I see a lot of the same vendors, I mean, including myself. I mean, I still go to every show. Yeah. Um, it's just really a different turnout. I mean, it's, it's becoming a lot more kid-friendly in the mm-hmm. sneaker world. A lot of kids are getting into it. So, I mean, as long as you're there and you have the right mindset, and I mean, you're there to do business, it really doesn't matter if there's 10 people or 1,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're there to make moves. You make moves with the right amount of people, yeah. you had a good day. Yeah, and then you know? definitely the sneaker world, like, a lot of kids are coming, become, like, influenced by, like, getting to the resale market because, like, now there's a lot of sneaker shows in, like, Indiana and, like, other Everywhere. places. Yeah, so, like, it's actually becoming a thing where people want to start to do their own sneaker events to sell and make money and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, have like... So going from uh, SOE to SneakerCon, how was like your first SneakerCon going to it? It's actually funny because my first ever SneakerCon was New York City, which For is real. the biggest SneakerCon yeah. uh, from the years I've been doing this. Um, and I was actually taken by Sean, the guy who runs SOE. He, the guy who ran the show that I would go to you know, mm-hmm. every every week, every or every month they did it. Yeah, he's actually who took me to my first big show, which made me you know it opened doors, dude. 
You know what I mean? I met so many people there. I mean, that I still stay in contact with today. And this is like 2015, dude, 14. Freaking SneakerCon is so huge now. Like it's travel- giant. Dude. Yeah, it travels like what? Like all? Does it travel? Travel? How many states? Travels uh, per year, bro. I mean, I'm actually going to Dallas for SneakerCon here on the 30th. Really? And I'll be in LA August 4th and 5th. For okay. That Are you gonna go to the London SneakerCon as I well? I would like to. As long as I can get my passport papers in and out, I've, I've just been holding it off. I don't know why, but as long as I can get that done with I'll definitely dude that, I think that would be I a missed great I out on the first two I think, <sighs> going international oh dude I can't wait dude like I think that would be like best experience for Amazing, especially dude. for your business you get to but do what you love and network hell yeah and, like, hell yeah the world see things it's great so what so what do you look for at SneakerCon a lot of times um it depends I mean there's times that I go there to buy and then there's times I go there just to sell times I go just to hang out I mean mm-hmm. Dallas that's a quick trip for me I mean that'll just be probably Bring a couple shoes, sell them there. Pay for it pays for my expenses and uh-huh. just hang out with you know local homies from over there. So do you look to just buy more? Or do you just want to hang out just to sell some stuff and get rid of? It just depends. Of? I mean, uh, so like when I went to Ohio, it was strictly a buying trip. Mm-hmm. So I bought like probably a hundred pairs of shoes. I really? Ship a bunch back. I mean, damn. Yeah, I wasn't really going there to make money, but uh-huh. really just spend money. And just spend money. Sell the stupid shoes in the store. Mm-hmm. So how many trips do you try to go for like sneak cons or like sneak events in a year? I'll be honest, uh, personally, I don't really leave my store for any events other than sneaker con. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, aside from SOE, uh, yeah. mainly because it's local. But um, to be honest, I haven't really found any shows yet that have been worth, uh, not saying not worth it, but not worth my personal time. I yeah, to travel to. I'm making money in the store, I'd rather just stay over yeah. in the store. Sneaker cons, though, totally different story. I mean, you know it's a movie when you walk in there. I mean, the amount of people, the shoes that are in there. I mean, possibilities are endless in that building. Dude, it's crazy in SneakCon. Like, there's a lot of sneakers. Like, how many, I think, well, they said it's over 10, like 10,000 oh, vendors 10, or some, some 10,000 no, vendors, 10, right? Vendors. Not vendors, right, but 10,000 people, right, or more? Mm-hmm. New York, I believe, uh, it hit over 20,000. Really? Yeah. I mean, we met some God. celebrities there, too. It's a, it's a great, great experience. So, you said when you went to Ohio, you went, you bought 100 pairs of sneakers. Probably a little over that, honestly. How how much did you spend in like Ohio? Ah, too, too personal. For too me. personal. Yeah. Oh man. I don't talk numbers, man. You don't talk numbers. <laughs> hey, look, hey, it's, it's big, big numbers, big numbers. That's all. I, that's all that matters, right? We just we try to, of course. I mean, we definitely put out a lot, <laughs> but then again, we also try to get stuff for prices mm-hmm. that. The reason we buy in volume is mainly so we don't have to have a huge profit margin on top of every mm-hmm. shoe. So when, like, put it in perspective, when someone buys a Yeezy. You know, they paid two hundred dollars for it. They see it's going for five hundred. People want that five hundred. Yeah. If we can get ten pairs for two hundred, you know, we'll charge less. We'll charge three fifty, four hundred. Yeah. Get them all off. Everyone gets a good deal. We made money. It's kind of like a win-win mm-hmm. the way we do things. You know, so we always try to uh, provide everything we can for as cheap as possible uh-huh. while still feeding ourselves. So, do you say like the percentage ratio of like you selling like is more shoes is cheaper for you know the the customers and stuff? Personally, I'd rather sell. I'd rather sell. 100 pairs of, mm-hmm. you know, $100 Jordans before I sell 100 pairs of, you know, $500 Yeezys. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I enjoy interactions with the people that I do business with, yeah. with the people that buy the cheaper stuff rather than the most expensive stuff. Of course. You know what I mean? It's just, it shows a lot more of a love factor for it yeah, instead of just, I got money. Yeah, it shows build relationships, like friendship as well, but i seen that it's like it's it's a lot of the sneaker people in the community, like in the sneaker community as well. Like, yep. they build, they care more about the customer instead of, you know, Money, 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 and stuff all the time, but they care like more about building a relationship with the customers and stuff. Yeah, dude, you ain't got customer service, you don't have returning customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great 
when you know you find that one person that wants to pay you know 400 for the space jam 11 you've had for so long but it's like is that person really gonna buy from you again probably mm-hmm. not yeah you know, they're gonna realize they got cracked over the head or it wasn't like fair business you yeah know what I mean? and then so like, you always want to keep a good of course good relationship. and then the word of mouth advertisement is like people they speak one bad oh, thing yeah. about your name it could spur it on mm-hmm. so you always want to have good customer so service i understand what you mean. Huge. yeah so like i know you said like for the sneakers you buy like jc from uh urbanness uh, urban necessity he travels sometimes to buy his sneakers would that ever be in consideration for you to do for your business or wouldn't that? I mean, I've bought, I've traveled for sneakers just for myself. Oh, I mean, really? like, I've, like when the transactions are, you know, more money than you want to, mm-hmm. you know, transfer somebody that you've never done business with. I mean, yeah. I flew to, I've flown to Philly, met somebody in the airport to buy shoes. I've flown to Fort Lauderdale, met him at the casino across wow. the street. Yeah, man, I've gone places just to buy like, <laughs> just to buy yeah just yeah. to buy your own pair so we're talking about your own pair like if you could think back what was the first pair of shoes that you ever had first pair of shoes i ever had a yeah. super beat pair of 2006 military fours i traded our school had its own form of currency mm-hmm. so you could buy like pencils and all this stuff like from the shop and i yeah. just traded a bunch of that and like 10 bucks and i got this pair of military fours i thought they were the coolest things ever the paint was all cracked up. The leather was all creased. They looked like shit. I mean, but it was just my first pair of Jordans, and they were insane to me. Did they didn't you, even fit. They were probably like a size two. Did you, do you still have them, or you sold nah, them? I don't still have them. I have a dead stock pair of those six military uh-huh. fours just sitting in a box, mainly for that reason. But, um, yeah, man, that shoe was super awesome. I mean, I love that shoe. But my first shoe I ever bought, like, in the store uh-huh. was an Aqua 8. And that's like my all-time favorite sneaker. Yeah, I, I know. Like every time I look on your Instagrams, everything's awkward. You have like three or four pairs, don't you? <sighs> that's that's got. I can't. I don't even. Ha- I only have one of each pair. I can't yeah, double up right now. Yeah, Too much I, used, money. I used to have that, wanting to have one of every shoe, like one to twenty. Yeah, yeah. And I did that, and then uh-huh. I was like, okay, now I want every colorway. And uh-huh. I did that, and I was like, okay, now I have more shoes that I can wear, so now I'm gonna sell some. God damn. So, out of your whole collection, what is your favorite pair of sneakers? I've like. Yeah, I know you have a lot, so what is your your favorite pair of your collection? As far as what, like recently? Or like just favorite shoe in general? Just favorite shoe. Well, aside from the Aqua 8, my next favorite shoe is the Atmos Air Max 1. The Atmos Air Air Max Max 1? Air Max 1s are my favorite sneaker model of all time. Really? So I've got, oh dude, I've got tons of Air Max 1s. Why is the Air Max 1 your favorite model? For one, they're super comfortable. Second, I mean, it was definitely one of the first... Air Maxes I've ever seen that ever just caught my eye. Like back oh, really? in the day, ninety fives they didn't do nothing for me. Nineties didn't really do nothing for me. I saw the one, mm-hmm. and I saw it in the royal blue colorway, and I just fell in love with it, dude. Man, I, yeah, I grew up really differently. I grew up wearing Skechers and yeah, like dude, sandals. I, had, I, I was fat when I was younger, but <laughs> yeah. all I had was uh, my mom bought me New Balances. Really? Yeah, for like thirty bucks from the shoe department because that's like the only thing that could fit oh, my man. wide foot. So when did you know like you, like you wanted to become a sneakerhead and start buying like? All the shoes like Jordans, Air Maxes. When I saw this kid in my middle school wearing, I saw him wearing the Stealth Ace. That's the mm-hmm. orange blaze pair that dropped with the Aquas back in okay. 07. Yeah. And I saw him wearing those at a basketball like tryout or something like that. And I just I just did my research from there on out and just fell in love with everything I saw. So in love with sneakers from uh, there on yeah. out. The sneakers is my favorite thing. Ever. I, I know, like the passion for sneakers. Like once you have them, like I think once you realize they have value to it. Then, like, the the shoes, you kind of take care of it more yeah. at first. I mean, I was definitely, like, uh, you know, I'd get a $200 pair of Jordans back in high school, and I had, like, 
what was my collection? Ten pairs of shoes. Like yeah. that was crazy to me back in the yeah. day. I'd get a two hundred dollar pair of shoes, and I would never want to wear them. I'd wear uh-huh. them like once every like week. One time. I'm so scared. Now it's like. You no, scared you'll get the creases. I'll wear black Yeezys just every day. If I yeah, of course. Now, you know like I mean? back then, you kind of scared, kind of get creases in your Jordans. Yeah, now, dude, it's just like, yo, you have them. <laughs> yeah, enjoy them. That's how it was like. I think and back in uh like ninth grade and my tenth grade year, mm-hmm. man, like, I like I, my first pair of sh- uh, Jordans was the Steel Tens. Yeah, those. Are uh, yeah, the Steel 10s and then the Laney Fives. Those are my first two pairs. So I, I used to walk everywhere in school like a penguin. I was like, I'm not getting, no, I'm not getting no <laughs> yeah, creases that, in my that shoes. Was huge for me because like, <laughs> back when Jordans were like. When, you know, I think retail back when I was in high school was only like 150, 160. Yeah. It wasn't even as high as it is. But I would want the Jordans, but I could never afford them. So uh-huh. I think like I'd save all my money from like doing whatever I was doing. And just working. And I would buy Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, Air Force Ones are also huge to me. Like I loved the white mids with the strap, dude. That was my favorite pair. And if they weren't like spot spotless white by the time I went home, I just sat there with a rag and just made Clean sure them. they were. Yeah, and just clean them. Yeah, I, I learned how to clean my sneakers from uh, JP as well. Yeah. That's one thing I do. When I learn is like, my shoes are dirty, I got to clean them. Yeah. But yeah, but my all-time favorite shoe, I think, would be the Jordan 11s, the Concours. Dude, see, that's the thing, and a lot of people disagree with me with this, but it's like, Jordan 11s to me have never appealed to me. No, I own come right on. now, I own one pair of 11s. Really? That's cool grays, bro. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest pair to me. Like, like, right now, I see you have the cool gray 4s on. Actually, the 4s are actually one of my favorite pairs as well. I have, I have the um, the 1999 Bread Force. Oh yeah. Yeah, dead stock. I, yeah, I'm not I ready to break them out yet. A couple times. Oh man. So like, transition from your like buying the sneakers. Have like, how do you tell from a real sneak like a real sneaker to a fake sneaker? To be honest, dude, it was a lot easier back when we first started because fakes were nowhere near as good yeah, as they are course. now. I mean, you saw a fake shoe six years ago. You could tell like, you instantly. immediately. You don't even have to be into sneakers. You just knew that was not authentic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you have to look at the box you have to look at the stitching like literally every mm-hmm. detail of shoe matters now so how how do you keep up like to date of how do you like you know tell which sneak is real true how do you stay I look studies? at myself as being in a good position because i have the opportunity to see all of mm-hmm. this as it comes in so it's like when brand new shoes come out we have people that we you know know work for Foot Locker and they bring their pairs over yeah. here so it's like we'll be able to see what an authentic pair looks like so uh-huh. it's like once we see that pair that's off it's like we immediately know so you can kind of tell from the detail from there and then look mm. from that point a on a lot of it's really just comparisons uh-huh. because if we don't see you know the shoe the real deal before we see the fake then yeah. we might be a little thrown off uh-huh. you know I mean a lot of times when something's fake one of us here pretty much catch on to it H- have you ever bought or sold a fake pair of sneakers definitely Definitely. I mean, back back in the day when I was just young and trying to get money, like on Craigslist, if yeah. I saw something that like, you know, replica, that was the word everybody used instead mm-hmm. of fake, it was just replica. Mm-hmm. Um, I would buy them, and if I knew I if I could make a couple dollars off of it, I sold it. But I For always real. made sure they knew. They like, knew, dude. These are not from the store, <laughs> you know. But I was like 15, 16, just trying to get a dollar. Now it's like I wouldn't promote that at all. Yeah. But it's like I've definitely bought fake shoes in the store, mm-hmm. you know, as my staff has, like just. By accident. I mean, it happens to everybody. Like I said, the, sh- the fake shoes now, spot on. Mm-hmm. So any fake shoe we've ever gotten, we've disposed of it in our own way, whether it be like giving it to charity or just giving it to someone we think needs some shoes on their feet. I mean, we never resell them, though. Yeah. yeah. So do you have any opinion of people, like, they wear fake sneakers, but they know it's fake? Do you, like, have Not any? Not at all. Personally, to me personally, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me. I mean, if I see you're wearing fake shoes, I mean, as long as you're not, you know, disrespecting someone else's shoes or you're not especially like trying to come at me with some stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're wearing fake shoes, by all means do your thing. Just 
It wouldn't be me wearing fake shoes. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't wear fake shoes. I caught, I actually caught, like, I caught wearing a fake pair of uh, pirate blacks. Mm-hmm. I, I hated that experience. Like, this, like, feeling. hey, man, your shoes straight. And, like, I cracked on nah, the whole see, day. Like, I was like, that's, man. That's not me, man. See, like, like, back in the day, you know, I'd go out and go to the mall and I'd spot a fake Jordan. And uh-huh. I might laugh in my head a little bit, like, oh, wow, those look horrible. But yeah. it's like, you know what? That person, for one, might not have known what they were buying. Uh-huh. Second, they probably just bought them because they thought they were cool. So of course. Let them, let, them, let them have their own steeds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't can't hate on it. So, how, when did you want to decide that you want to be your own boss and, you know, do sneakers and sell sneakers? Man, I think I, think I started selling sneakers when I first found out what Craigslist was. Really? I found out what Craigslist was. I was in high school. I was in school. What grade? And ninth grade, eighth grade, something like that. Uh-huh. And I just, I looked up the word, like I typed in the word Jordan on Craigslist uh-huh. and I saw all these shoes come up and I just, it, it opened my mind immediately and I knew like, yo, I could do this too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was, I, like I was in the mindset where a dollar matters. So yeah. Like, I would buy a shoe. If I met this guy, you know, it took 30 minutes to make the deal, mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes to figure out where we're going to meet up, go meet up, yeah. do the transaction. You know, if I paid $50 for a shoe and I could clean it up and sell it for Dude, even seventy dollars the yeah, same day. If I was 100. making ten bucks, twenty bucks, I was happy with that. But I would do it as much as I possibly could. Uh, how, I could afford a car or afford like whatever I had to do. Yeah, and buy what you want and stuff. Exactly. How did you feel like what like how did you feel that first moment when you was like Craigslist and you could see people want to buy Jordans and like sell them and stuff? What was your feeling like? Well to be honest, like when I was into shoes like that, I was really just paying attention to like, oh my god, I like this, I mm-hmm. like that, this is unique, this is cool. I didn't really know much about the fact that they had value when they were worn. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I would buy these shoes and then, you know, when they were done, they'd get given away or just like thrown in the corner or turn into gym shoes or something, yeah. something like that. But I mean, when I found out that there was resale value, I would buy a shoe, wear it a couple times, look good, take my pictures and then, you know, sell it and get something else yeah. or trade it and get something better. Of course, of course. I think that's how it was when I first started selling sneakers because, like I said, um, I, I started selling sneakers when I was, I think, 15 when I started traveling with uh, JP to sneaker kind of stuff, and I was actually my mentor in the sneaker game. So, like, from there, you know, I learned how to sell sneakers, and then I kind of resold and bought and sold on eBay by myself. Yeah. And now, like you said, you know, at a time when you're young, you kind of do anything to flip a dollar. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you buy it for, uh, like, if you buy a used pair of Jordans, if you go to, like, a sneaker con or, like, a SOE, you know, you could buy it for $40, $50, clean it up, sell it back for, like, 100 a 110 take off the ebay fees and still make your money back from it fast pennies are better than slow dimes oh yeah so so that i think that's the best thing to do is like just learning how to resell and flip i love the sneaker game for that that. that's what i taught about the sneaker game bro yeah it's like the come up it never ends yeah infinite of course people ask me all the time should i do this deal is this fair you gotta think like okay think about what you paid for that shoe or think about what you paid for the shoe that you sold to flip to buy that shoe think about it you never really take a loss mm-hmm. you know what i mean as long as you keep the train in motion you're not yeah, losing yeah you're not losing I mean, yeah. even if you might lose 20 bucks or 30 bucks off mm-hmm. like you know a deal you know six deals down you know the line mm-hmm. but it's like sometimes it's worth it to take that small loss because then you could take whatever you're getting with that and then flip that you yeah. know what i mean so like it's like a never-ending cycle I, and that's the best part i think it. the sneaker world like in the sneaker business it taught me how to actually deal like you know actual real business and real life situation like because i run my um 
my family nail salon business back in my hometown, Florence. So, you know, learning what the sneaker business does, like, all right, I kind of understand how the business works. You know, we're remaking money, buying the supplies. Then we have to do the nails, make our revenue and stuff. It's the same way as selling sneakers. So I think that that's where I, my foundation started was from selling sneakers and taught me a lot about it. Yeah, dude. Sneakers is honestly what made me decide I don't want to go to college. Really? Yeah, dude. You, so, just, you just don't need it. You didn't go to college? Did not go to college. I got out of high school barely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually had a deal with one of my teachers my senior year. I told him, I'm like, look, dude, I'm not going to college. You know, English literature is not going to help me in yeah. what I want to do. You know, let me sit on my phone. Let me make money. You know, mm-hmm. let me do this. And we had our own agreement where he was just like, all right, dude, like, as long as you're putting your time to use, you know, you have full, you know, Advantage to do whatever you want in this class. Of At course. the end of the day, I'd show them. Yo, dude, I made, I made 100 bucks today. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, thanks for you know letting me do this. Yeah. Great so, teacher. what do you say about the people you know that the the whole purpose of the podcast is for the millennials to get insight and to find their passion? Sure. So, what would you say to you know the millennials, you know, they're going to school right now or getting out of school? What would you tell them to, you know, you know if they don't want to go to college or, you know, their parents like, you got to go, but you know, well, you're refusing to go. On that. There's nobody that can really control uh-huh. your own path because yeah. at the end of the day, everyone goes their own way. I mean, whether you choose to you know, follow the path someone wants you to follow, such as parents, or if you follow one that is totally you know, against everything they said. Because mm-hmm. like with me, my mom didn't like the fact that I sold sneakers. She thought yeah. it was dumb. She didn't like the fact that I would meet people late at night. Yeah. She didn't like the fact that I was meeting people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know. So she was very like encouraging of what I did, but didn't like the situations. Mm-hmm. So another thing is also I don't encourage nor discourage anybody from going to school or not because if you want to do something that requires school, mm-hmm. go for it. You know what I mean? Like, make the dreams happen. But all I'm saying is, like, anybody can do anything they want. And I'm, like, literally proof because, you know, like I said, barely got out of high school. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to get help from my counselors to graduate on time. Otherwise, I would have done, you know, fifth high school year. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, realistically, like, school matters. Don't get me wrong. Straight up, always got to get that education. I mean... School makes you better as a person. It gives you the social skills that you do need in business because we deal with people every day that, of course, we want to deal with, and then we deal with the people we really don't want to deal with. Yeah. But having those social skills, going to school every day, having a crowd around you, you know, interaction with people, mm-hmm. that helps a lot with business, believe it or not. Yeah, you get to learn through, like, other people and just being in the presence. You got to learn how to talk, you know. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of people, like, when they come in, they don't even make eye contact with you because they just, they just can't talk. Like, yeah. you know, if you know how to have a conversation with somebody, you get a lot farther than you mm-hmm. think. So, can I ask, like, with your business, people, like, in today's world, with, they, they hate, they discriminate against the tattoos. Mm-hmm. You have full sleeve tattoos, wrists, hands. What do you say about people who kind of <laughs> judge you about that? To be honest... <laughs> In this line of work, the yeah. fact that I'm in here every day, I really have never had anything negative said to me towards them. Oh, it's really? been nothing but positive or, you know, where do you get them done? I want to go to them, too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when I go to, like, nice places mm-hmm. or I go to, like, what, South Park Mall, for example, I get looked at like I'm, you know, a walking circus act. Like, I get <laughs> looked at like, oh, my God, what did you just do to yourself? Yeah. And to be personal, like, I've never been one to really care about judgments. So it's like, I kind of, I'm very good at just brushing it off. Mm-hmm. So... You know, so when somebody realizes who you are or what you do, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, you don't, you don't always just look with your eyes. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if I wear a long sleeve shirt and you had no idea, mm-hmm. you know, you would, you'd love to hear what I have to say about yeah. business. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, I've definitely met a lot of people that have told me, like, you know, when they look at me, they don't expect what they hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, you're self-aware enough to know, like, who you are to speak. Like, the tattoo oh, doesn't yeah, really absolutely. know who you are. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's one thing a lot of people should learn is, like, when they know who they are and find out, like, take the the critics and take their opinions, but it doesn't affect them in a way that's, like, the best feeling in the world because now oh, you, don't yeah, get, you don't care about anyone's opinion on yourself. Oh, and the thing is, even if you do care about people's opinions, it's all really all about how you let it affect you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could take an opinion and you can you can run with it and be like, oh my God, this made me so sad and beat yourself up over yeah. it. Or you can embrace it. Like, okay, I have these tattoos. Just because you said you don't like them or you think, you know, I'll be a failure because of them, I'm the one that has to wear them every single yeah, day. So I course. have to make the best of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like I said, at the end of the day, as long as you're good, I mean, Mm-hmm. Who cares? Do what you want to do. Yeah, I, I think it's just the way to have how you have to look at life in a certain way, like in a pessimistic or optimistic way. Yeah. If you look at pessimistic, you know you're gonna fail and just you're not going to go nowhere in life with that path. You're just going a negative way. So, yeah. so in like ten years, where do you see yourself with your business? I see Soul Station as a franchise. Mm-hmm. I see myself super rich, helping the needy and helping people get in the position that I'm going to be in one day, Mm -hmm. truly. I mean, one thing I love is giving back. I mean, without help from the people I've received it from, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So it's like, I would rather, you know, embrace the fact that I've been given the opportunity to do what I do and, like, help people get to where I'm at and am going to be one day Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to be in the slumps. Nobody wants to be, you know, broke or, you know, nine to five at every day for their whole life. You know, I want people to be successful. Mm -hmm. You see... You see people grow, those people are going to take what you taught them and they're going to teach someone else. And it's going to be an ongoing chain of positivity. Yeah. You never, you know, when people, I can never get back to every message I receive or, you know, comment back to every comment I get Mm -hmm. towards me. But it's like, I always try to notice everything I can. Yeah. When I get positivity, I always speak back. You know, people with like a lot of followers and are in a big position, a lot of them don't even like bother responding to Mm -hmm. certain people. Me, I'll always at least, you know... At least show gratitude. Uh, yeah, at least you show gratitude I mean? back to the person, yeah. to the I mean, people, people that you love. People show me more love than I would ever have expected to receive. Yeah, you know, as a kid, like, dude, I get, oh my god, the amount of messages I get, the amount of people that come in here and like, bro, thank you for what you're doing for your community and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I, that's how I know that there's so much more into it than just selling sneakers. Yeah, you know what I mean. I love it. And, and I know because like a lot of times you post pictures on the. Um, your Instagram page is uh, Soul Station. Mm-hmm. You know, people they write the positive feedback messages about your business, about you. It's That's really... actually my mom, man. My oh, mom, really? My mom is like, as much as I'm all about customer service uh-huh. as far as like making sure everybody's happy, she's like the number one when it comes to customer wow. service. Like, it doesn't matter how out of line somebody's mm-hmm. being, she will always, always do her best to like make a peaceful resolution and make yeah. everybody happy in the end. And she does a really good job at it. So it's like, when it comes to our online people and our like out of state clientele, mm-hmm. she takes care of all of that. I mean, we really don't get any complaints and anything that we do, it gets fixed. You okay. know what I mean? So it's like, you know, that's, no, no hard feelings. Over yeah, that's awesome. So right. now I see where you get your gratitude from this from your mother. She shows a oh. lot of gratitude and compassion towards others. So now oh, I see where you bro, get it I from. I mean, dude. as much as a lot of people like to think that I built this from the ground up, which, yeah. you know, I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of help along the way. I mean, my mom included. I have an awesome staff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, my, my staff, my employees here, they'll do anything that's needed to, like, you know, make the shop keep going. Like, because we've definitely hit low points and we've definitely had our high points. And I mean, through thick and thin they stick around and they do their job and they do it well and I wouldn't trade them 
That's awesome. That's incredible. So, is this something like selling sneakers? Is this something that you want to do for the rest of your life as a franchise? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, I know. Like, Soul Station. Like, I was gonna ask, did you want to create Soul Station as like a Soul Station Soul Station Foundation, like mm. as a charity giving back to people? Eh, not necessarily. Mainly because we do our own type of give backs, and I mean, it's really at whatever pace we can. Do. Mm-hmm. So it's like. I want to say 4th of July last year, we, and we gave away like 70 pairs of sneakers or wow. 60 pairs of sneakers just to give away. Wow. Because we could. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, every day we can't give away free mm-hmm. shoes. Every day we can't undercut our sales like that. Because mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, we still got to pay rent, still pay our employees, yeah. still pay us. You know what I mean? So it's like, we definitely go at our own pace. But would I like to, you know, open an organization that's just straight charity? Absolutely. I would love to. But it would be like down the line. But why give so many at one time, like 60 or 70 pairs? Because, man, 60, 70 smiles on people's faces that they didn't have when they woke up in the morning. That's true. That's like when we, the thing is, we don't just give away free shoes to someone that just says, I want this free shoe. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, the people we've given free shoes to, it's touched them. And I mean, like, in a great way. Yeah. Like, we have had nothing but just express thank yous from people when we give away free shoes. Mm Because it's truly for the people that need it. Yeah. You know, when we put a free shoe out, whether it's, like, you know, a hype shoe or just a shoe. Yeah. If someone comes in it, comes in to get it, and they clearly don't need it, or they make it a point to the fact that, like, they're not going to put this to use the way we intend it to be, we don't even give it to them. Really? You know, we have certain times where it's like we're giving away a certain shoe. If you don't come in and like prove that that's your shoe size, we won't give it to you. Man, so you they just I mean? sometimes so people do it just. We're to straight get up the for shoe. give back. We don't give away stuff wanting people to go mm-hmm. resell it. I mean, if you're gonna take something we give you and go resell it and make some money, you know what? Sure, maybe you needed the bread more than the shoes. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But when we put a free shoe out and it's like a reseller goes and picks it up, it's yeah. just kind of like yo, know, you just like defeated the whole purpose. We could have resold that. Uh-huh. Shoe. We made our own money. Yeah. Them. You know what I mean? We could have sold it for a steal and still made more money. We gave it away for free because we wanted to hook it up yeah you know so that's that's kind of the only downside you can't really control everything but we definitely try that, to you know control as much yeah as that that's kind of crappy part but it's it's the good thing that you know you you give without expectation you know you 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 um you don't expect anything back but you just do it for gratitude that's nah, the dude. great mean, thing even though i've been put in like tight spots and stuff everything i've already and i'm 23 mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i know i've already gone way more places than most 23 year olds have been I've been through a lot more I've had the experience and one thing I will say is like like I don't regret any of it but it's like dang I don't even know what words I'm trying to use like I don't regret any of it but it's like you really do gotta put your mind to something. Yeah. Like, when I tell you this was like an everyday wake up at 8 o'clock grind until mm-hmm. you know 11pm just driving around cleaning shoes it was non-stop bro. yeah like, it was I mean, a hustle. My, I had a, I had a uh, portable battery charger with me everywhere I went because I just could not not have my phone yeah had to have it going so one more question before we head out here what's up is the biggest hype beats question are you team bape or team supreme oh supreme team supreme team oh, yeah. oh man don't get me wrong I'm, I'm definitely a fan of bape I have a lot of bape myself I yeah have, I mean like one of my favorite shoes is actually the bape NMDs like uh-huh. I love with that shoe um, I love you know I've got a bunch of shark hoodies you know, I've got like older ones. I've got one that was actually given to me as a gift, undefeated collab from 05. Like I've wow. got vape stuff that's just like, you don't really see it much. But when it comes to Supreme, man, it's actually something that I just got into as of like maybe a year ago, maybe, yeah. maybe two. 
that might be pushing it. I just started loving all the accessories. I like, I, like I said, I was heavier, uh-huh. so when I lost weight, now I can fit into Supreme. So yeah. now it's like an incentive. Like, oh, I can, I can fit this now. I can buy it for myself. Yeah. And I started buying it. I've, I've gotten at least one thing from every drop this season. Oh um, man. Yeah, dude. Pretty much. I could barely get lucky with one at all. Yeah, Supreme, Supreme's definitely a race. I just went for the TNF uh, tent, and I didn't hit it, but I got oh. the backpack and the duffel bag. Um, and then this week, I missed out on the uh, pocket knife they did. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But I'll, I'll go pay resale for that, because I really want it. But, um, yeah. That- yeah, dude. It's it's just like, oh, one thing is like being a hype beast. Like, can't even lie. It's fun, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you it get is. something that like everybody's in a race to get. Whether you like it or not, you're just mm-hmm. like, whoa, I did it. It's like a sense of competition. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? I'm super competitive. With getting know? stuff with shoes and oh, everything. Dude, I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love the, the hustle and love the game of just getting sneakers. It's the best, dude. But yeah, but we're coming to the end of the show. But before we leave, we do a takeaway for the audience. What would, what would be your one advice through the struggles, the ups and downs in life to becoming an entrepreneur or be, or be your own boss? Man, one thing you really need to do is... You know, there's a lot of people that'll give you opinions and they'll give you insight based off, you know, whether it be opinion or ex, uh, experience. One thing you need to do is always just follow your heart and go with what, you know, you feel is correct. Because there's always going to be something, you know, whether, like I said, the person has experience or not, there's always going to be something that you know or you feel that, you know, the next person is not going to. Mm-hmm. Always do what you want to do. Always, like, you know, if it's something. If you're really trying to set yourself up for life, like you need to grind. You mm-hmm. can't just, you know, wake up, make a sale or two, and then, you know, your day's over. Yeah. You need to go hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you need to flip your money. You need to get at you know, it every stay day. Stay motivated. You know, you can't let things slow you down because like I said, I've been slowed down plenty mm-hmm. of times. I mean, just now I'm getting out of like, you know, a slight slump of not really wanting to do shit. Now I'm like, you know, you wake up the next morning and you're like, you know, there's money to go get. Let's go yeah. get it. You know what of I mean? Course. So yeah, bro. Always, fo- always just follow what you want to do. I mean, don't let anybody tell you you can't because I've seen the most impossible shit done by yeah. people you would never expect it done by. Mm-hmm. I mean, so main thing I would tell your audience absolutely is just do what you want to do. Follow what you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for your time, Faze. Exactly. Man, I learned a lot from you just sitting here today as well. So, not for me, but thank you for me and the audience yeah. sharing all the information and tips. But yeah, until next time, guys, this is the Millennial Movement. Ricky Wynn, we out here. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.